Welcome to the Microsoft IT Pro Podcast, a show about Office 365, Azure, and the IT Pro and end user side of life. Each week, we'll discuss a different topic or recent news related to Office 365 and Azure and how it relates to you as an IT Pro. The Microsoft IT Pro Podcast is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So here we are, another episode of the podcast. Scott is actually out on vacation. I'm recording this the week between Christmas and New Year's. So it's a Friday afternoon, and since Scott was out, I actually have a guest on the show with me today. So I got Tom Rezing from Microsoft here. He is a SharePoint content developer focused on the modern support experience. He's a writer on the production team and works in UI text design, help and training. So welcome, Tom. Glad you could make it and join me today. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. Not a problem. It's exciting. So I want to start, first of all, a little background on you. Do you want to give us a little background, where you are, what you're doing now, this UI text design? I know that intrigued me. So you kind of came from a background of a consultant, MCM, MVP, now you're at Microsoft, you're doing this UI text design. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about kind of what that is, what it entails? I've been working in the Microsoft ecosystem for a very long time. Yeah, I've done a lot of different things. I started off as a, as a developer and did a lot of consulting, like you said. And I think it's interesting. What brought me in here, I think, was my writing. So for a long time, I haven't been doing as much lately, but I was writing, I was, my goal was to write two blog posts a month about SharePoint was my okay. focus, right? I did that for about eight years. So I ended up with you know more than 200 blog posts over that time. And, um, and then that led to... A couple books. So I wrote a couple, co-authored a couple books with some great co-authors. They've done really well. The last one, especially SharePoint 2013 Inside Out, is uh, is still selling. <laughs> wow. Although I, I think there's still a lot of people on 2013. There are. That's true. Also, you know, things don't change all that much, right? So I believe it's a pretty it's a pretty good reference book, even if you're using 2016 right now. A lot of the UI didn't change, right? So uh, it's 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 targeted at end users. So I think it really would actually apply pretty well. It doesn't it cover anything that's in the new modern interface in Office 365. So it wouldn't help you there so much. But all the basics in SharePoint. So so anyway, the the writing led me into a new opportunity here at Microsoft, and one that I, I really didn't know much about. I have to say, now I'm on a team of writers for OneDrive and SharePoint. And yeah, that one thing you mentioned, the UI text design, that was really... So I've only been doing that for about the last year. Okay, That was a new part of my role when we, when we had um, some reorganization. And uh, yeah, that's like, I had no idea that thing existed and I'm really still kind of learning about it. What exactly is it? Like I hear UI text design and I'm like, okay, user interface, text design, font design. What is UI text design? It's about the words you use in the product, right? But you know, what's interesting is I've got some coworkers here who've been doing this forever and they're very good at it and they, they can explain it better. And they'll even say it's about the words you don't use, too, right? Interesting. Our role as writers is really to think about you know, the words. But just as important as putting the right words somewhere is designing the software so it doesn't need 
backwards. Okay. So we might come back and sometimes our recommendation might be a change in the design of the product so we don't need those words that someone was asking us to make better. So if I'm hearing this right, designers, they'll actually make the software, they'll put the words in and then send it to you guys and you kind of look over the whole UI design as well as the text elements in the design and try to help them massage that whole interface to either eliminate words, to add words, to figure out kind of what text should and shouldn't be there within a product? Yeah, So, and, and I'm focused specifically on SharePoint myself, but we've got a whole group for all of Office and Office 365 that sit together in uh, Building 35 in Redmond. And yeah, you know, you'd be surprised. So we even done some experiments where I focus on lists and libraries in SharePoint. We added one, two letters, one word, the word as in a drop-down menu, right? And we found that people were much more likely to use that feature, the save a view, just adding those two letters than without the two letters. Really? Yeah. I'm assuming then you're doing this for both SharePoint Online, SharePoint On-Prem, and you guys are doing a lot of that tracking then of what features people use and maybe like oh, even absolutely. what menu items they click on to help you design that text better. I was talking with one of the uh, engineering leaders, Russ, who was spoke at Ignite two years ago, and that's where I met him. I, I was watching his talk, and you know, he really convinced me that because of the information we can collect in Office 365, we're really producing a much better product these days than we ever were in the past. And I really, I really believe that. So, you know, there's, I think the latest numbers they were talking about in the financials were uh, 120 million users of Office 365 or something like that. That's a lot of data coming in, right? So there's a lot of work going on in data analysis. And we can really use that to our advantage to design a better product. So there's a lot of effort going on. So I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here. This isn't something you put in the notes, but I thought of it. How does this all translate then to like different languages too? Because I'm sure a lot of these menus then get translated into various languages in Office 365. And is it... Like, is some of that text completely different? So maybe where it, you added those two letters, the as, in English, obviously that may not translate to Spanish or to French or one of those. Do you guys have all different teams working on different languages with different UI text designs for those different languages? Or how does all that work? And that's actually part of our job is, as the text designers. Now, we have got a lot of language support as well, as, as well as cultural support too, right? Because it's not just the words. I'll give you two examples. So I work on the SharePoint mobile app as well. And <laughs> the space on mobile is very tight. <laughs> and... We often have to consider, for example, uh, Germans off, often the example that we give, right? Like, what would this, what would this look like in German? <laughs> you know, and that it affects the design of the app. Like, we need to be able to describe things very succinctly, and not just we can't only just consider the English words. So, so that's one example about how language affects this. And then another example. I'll give is just that we've got a whole team, they're called the globalization team, and they focus on the translation of all the apps into the different languages. And this is really something, 
it's amazing what micro I, coming in from the outside. I had no idea, you know, how much work goes into some of these things, right? And I was talking to one of the members of the globalization team about the me tab we just added to the SharePoint app. I don't know, have you used it, Ben? SharePoint mobile app? I haven't used it as much as I probably should have, but I have I have used it. I have it installed. We really are taking a lot of cues from the OneDrive app, which has been very successful, both for consumer and for business. And um, so they also have this, this me tab. And well, at any rate, I can go and I actually consulted with a, a terminologist, right? They work on terms, right? And in different languages. And so we went through and we looked at, he has the history of all the times that this, you know, we've used the word me and all the Microsoft products (laughs) (laughs) that have been made and what the translations were. So basically what my role in that term store is, is to say, in this context, this is what we mean by me, right? This is a place in the app where your stuff shows up. And basically by giving that amount of information to anyone else who would look this up, including the globalization team, they can make the right decisions as they translate these words. And maybe there's different choices. He was telling me, I think in German, there was a couple different choices of translations they could choose, right? And which one to be chosen in this situation for the right culture and you know for the app depends on the information that we give them. That is a, a lot more than I think most people would ever think goes into something like that. You would think, oh, it's just a me tab. You just put a new button on there and put me under it without really thinking about all those different, all the intricacies of what that might mean, especially across different cultures and languages. I had no idea, honestly, the amount of thought and the processes and the the amount of teams that are involved with this. And one of the, the things we talk about at Microsoft a lot lately is coherence. So, you know, one of the things I told you, I... I was impressed by Microsoft is this cultural change going on. I'm sure you've heard a lot about it, you know, with the change to the CEOs with Satya Nadella. I've been impressed. So here, and I'd love to hear your input because this is something you really talked about too is I'm on a Mac too. So ever since Satya came in, it seems like there has been just this change around the culture of, hey, we're going to come out with all this stuff for Macs. We're going to embrace all these apps on iPhones and just... It seems like the pace of change, the pace of innovation, how quickly everything is moving, it seems like even looking at different articles, there's a lot more excitement about even Microsoft as a company and some of the things they're doing. So it is, I'd be curious, like you said, from now being on the outside, being within Microsoft for a couple of years, your perspective on all of that, and what it's like being inside Microsoft through all this change and all these updates and What's going on now within the company? The number one thing, I'll talk about some of those things, and I've been really impressed, but the number one thing I'd say for everybody, if you don't have a copy of the new book, Hit Refresh by Satya, and especially I think for listeners of your show and for you, Ben, I found the book really interesting. I mean, obviously I'm biased, right? I'm a huge Microsoft fan. I'm at the company. I want to know what Satya is thinking, right? Yep. But I just finished it over Christmas break and I took a long time reading. I actually wrote notes in the margin. They gave each of us a printed copy with actually highlights and notes in the margins from Satya 
for as an employee edition. Oh, very cool. Yeah, really cool. But I then since they gave us a printed one, I don't read a lot of printed books. I thought I'd actually take the time and highlight and underline and write in the margins myself, right? So it took a couple of months to spend it. I started reading it after Ignite and just finished it over Christmas break. And I think it really sums up what's going on here. He really, he, he shares some personal stories about how his family life and how it affects things. His children have different things that affect their life, right? Um, one of them is confined to a wheelchair and uh, has very limited use of uh, his body. And Sasha is very passionate about inclusive design, right? So it's not just about the Mac or the iPhone, right? He's way beyond, you know, (laughs) thinking we should be exclusive to devices or platforms, right? He thinks everybody in the world needs to be able to use this stuff we're doing, right? Including his son who can't move parts of his body, right? Yeah, that's awesome. I need to read the book. I actually have a copy of it here too that I got at Ignite and I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but... No, I definitely want to go pick it up and start reading it. Especially for, for people like us, it's, it's great. But I think for the world in general, he's a very, I mean, look, he's the CEO of a top company doing some of the amazing things. And actually understanding his point of view is, I think, important. And he's a really smart guy and he's very positive about what's going to happen in the world in the future. And he needs to spend a lot of time thinking about that, right? Because the CEO is very strategic. They're really planning things way in the future, right? They're not, not things like the Me tab and the SharePoint app, right? <laughs> I think that's my number one recommendation is to read, read, hit, refresh. But I do think it's affecting everything in the company. And look, I mean, Microsoft's been around for a long time, right? So old habits die hard. There's a lot of people with a lot of legacy. And I'm, I'm learning a lot from a lot of veterans at Microsoft. But there really is a total different a shift in attitude about uh, how we approach things. So it's very refreshing. I'm, I'm very excited. I heard all this when I came for my interview a couple of years ago, you know, that well, the first thing that was news to me was that they were doing a lot of engineering work in SharePoint. Okay. <laughs> I honestly didn't believe that. <laughs> That's funny. Well, yeah, and two years ago, it kind of felt like that. It felt like SharePoint was... I know personally, I had a lot of questions, even up until I felt like Ignite of this year. It was like, where is SharePoint going? Is it going to just turn into a back-end service that's going to be absorbed and... SharePoint, as again, you and I knew it from back in the day, was going to really morph and change and not be as big anymore. But it seems like it has. And I think Scott and I talked about this on maybe our last episode. But it seems like, like you said, SharePoint, there's been a lot of work that's been going into SharePoint lately. It's amazing, really. I had no, I had no idea. And it had been going on for a while before I joined, right? And and I didn't realize it. So I did the interview and they said, look, we would really like to bring in a SharePoint subject matter expert like yourself because there is so much engineering work going on right now and we just, we're getting so much work we need to do, right? On the writing side to accommodate for all the new engineer. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there in the interview, I'm thinking, does my interviewer actually know what she's <laughs> talking about? Or is this, like, they're just really want me to come on board and so they're telling me a story and like I don't I don't really believe I have no I have no visibility into this engineering work they're doing, right? Yeah. I haven't seen 
it, but it all started coming, right? We saw it with the modern lists and libraries first and the SharePoint mobile app last year and the modern team sites and the group connections. And there's really, there's a lot of exciting work going on and exciting work planned for the future. So I don't expect it to slow down anytime soon. And the growth and usage in SharePoint online has been very good. So I think that really gives the team the resources they need to continue to innovate, right? Because there's so many users of the platform. Right. So when you first came in two years ago, when they were doing all the SharePoint engineering work, is that when you first actually saw the modern UI? Was that when you started working on some of that doing the UI text design was about two years ago when you started? Was that some of that engineering work that was going on already back then? So I started in April. I'll tell you what, my first like geek out SharePoint you know, I'm seeing something nobody else has seen moment was when they asked me to start working on the SharePoint mobile app. It hadn't been announced yet. And that was one of the first new projects I got basically, you know, sometime just after I started. And I was really excited, right? Like, oh, I've been there should have I've been thinking there should be a SharePoint mobile app for years now, right? Like we're actually really doing it now. <laughs> So I shouldn't ask you about what you're actually working on right now because we're going to have to wait like another year to see it or something. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. No, there are things that are, uh, I hope, will be just as exciting in the next year. There's certainly things with the mobile app. We're going to, you know, the mobile app is going to continue to be innovated on itself. Um, but there'll be other things haven't been talked about yet. But a lot of it, you know, I think is really, Microsoft's trying to do a really good job of sharing things that can be shared, like you saw at Ignite, right? So I don't think a lot of it should be a surprise. You know, we're going to continue to improve on the things that are already there. And Jeff Tieper and Dan Holm talked about in the digital workplace talk. You've kind of seen some of the things, areas we're looking to innovate in already. So a lot of it's not super secret, but, but there's some things I hope that'll surprise you. All right. Sounds good. We'll look forward to them. But it has. I, I feel the same way that Microsoft has tried to do a better job and done a better job at kind of letting us know what's coming. Some of it personally, as a nerd, drives me nuts because they like talk about this and I'm like, oh, I want to go play with that. I want to get it. And then you have to wait six or seven months for it to actually be released. But right. it is. It's nice to know what's coming. So even as we're doing things, like because I'm working with clients now, HubSites is one. It's like, you know what? HubSites are coming it helps you right now as you design new SharePoint Online environments, knowing that you're going to get hub sites in the future. Absolutely. To plan yeah. for stuff like that. So one other topic I wanted to talk about a little bit, and this was, I just saw the announcement the other day that docs.microsoft.com is actually going to re be replacing TechNet. And it sounds like docs.microsoft.com is this new place where we're going to go for all documentation related to all the Microsoft products. Is that something you've been working on too within that writing, within your role as some of that, those changes around documentation? Absolutely, yeah. And first of all, I want to say that docs.microsoft.com is new, but it's relative. We're seeing it in the Office 365 space as, as kind of brand new, but in other Microsoft technologies, it's actually a platform that's been around for a, a few years. <laughs> okay. So, you know, if you go to the front page, you'll see it's a landing page to all kinds of different things, right? Windows and Azure and Visual Studio and SQL Server, right? 
And for some of those, like Azure, it's kind of some of that stuff, it's the only place it's ever been. And so what we're really doing in the office group right now is taking advantage of some engineering innovation on that platform itself to modernize our documentation as well. All right. Again, building on that platform that the Azure guys have done and starting to just move all that SharePoint documentation, Office 365 documentation over to that platform. Exactly. Yeah. And you can already see it. So if you drill down, uh, you know, the space I'm most familiar with is SharePoint. And uh, if you drill down in the SharePoint, you can see already, if you go into the PowerShell reference, my coworker Kirk has been working hard on getting this all moved over from TechNet. And you can see, you can drill down into the SharePoint PowerShell reference is one of the first pieces of the SharePoint stuff that we've moved over all the way from from TechNet. You'll see more and more of that come as the year goes by in 2018. And we're really uh, excited about this platform. It's So it, it's targeted at devs and IT pros. So the other place I work in is support.office.com, which is the end user focused stuff, right? That'll continue to exist on support.office.com, but you might see some of the things that are kind of in the the tweeners, you know, the in between, like the power advanced power user to Office 365 administrator who might not consider themselves an IT pro, but it starts to get technical. We might find that docs at Microsoft.com is a better platform for some of that stuff. So you might see some of that stuff move over from support.office.com as well, as it makes sense. Okay, so those will kind of be the two primary places to go. I don't know, again, Scott and I were speculating I don't think this has ever been announced if MSDN would start moving over to docs.com. Oh, no, no. MSDN is definitely part of it. Yeah, and it's announced. No, docs.microsoft.com is the place for all Microsoft dev and IT pro documentation going forward. I must have missed that. Again, there's a lot of news coming out of Microsoft. It's hard to keep up. Well, you know, what's funny is I think on the dev side, I mean, you guys focusing more on IT Pro. On the dev side, a lot of this stuff has moved over already. Okay. All the SharePoint dev stuff moved over last year. Got it. Yeah. I'm yeah. behind so the times. Is, the I'm news is, is really on the... <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, the reason the message center post was important for the admin center is because it was the IT Pro documentation which was starting to move over, right? It didn't affect the dev documentation moving over didn't affect the IT pros as much, right? And, and so the admin center message wasn't quite as relevant. But yeah, the, so the, the dev writers for SharePoint are actually a slightly different group, but I, I work closely with them. And uh, yeah, that was their major project for last year was getting all that stuff over from MSDN. I mean, I think there's traces of it, like uh, some of the older stuff, the, it's kind of like archived on MSDN. I don't think MSDN and TechNet are entirely going away. I can't remember because, you know, there just might be things that are better suited for the, it's because they're different platforms, right, behind them. But for the most part, right, you should start to see all the new stuff really be consolidated in one place in docs.microsoft.com. And have you checked out, have you seen any of the other documentation? Have you looked much on the, on the platform yet? I haven't. I just, I started drilling down into it. Some of the PowerShell stuff, I'm a PowerShell guy. So cool. just the other day, I started kind of drilling down into the SharePoint and the PowerShell section specifically of SharePoint and saw that there's actually references out there now to all the PNP PowerShell for SharePoint, which I'm a fan of. So I need to spend some more time drilling down. And I like, 
I like the platform. It seems like a nice, nice platform, again, to try to find that stuff, to drill down through it, to find that documentation. Here's one tip I'll give you to, point, to look out for in particular. And this, I think, it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about the culture changes at Microsoft as well. I mean, I think the inclusivity we've already kind of talked about with the foreign languages and stuff like that, and the different platforms and iOS and Mac and stuff. But... This is another part of the culture change here, which is, and we talked about transparency, right? And, and letting people know about things, right? I think that's a part of it as well. But then here's the next part is getting feedback from uh, customers and experts like yourself, right? So as you look through the platform, look out for all the different areas of interactivity. So I'm looking at like the overview of the on my screen right now, I'm looking in front of me at the overview of the PowerShell SharePoint section in docs.microsoft.com. And there's a section right below the title that has the last data was updated and how long they think it would take to read uh, that says contributors. And I hover over the first little face, and that's Kirk Stark, and he's the guy who sits down the hall from me that works on the SharePoint PowerShell. And then you got Ken Withy, and Ken's one of our team members who's really been helping us get stuff over from TechNet to Docs, and he's also a, a PowerShell whiz as well. And then there's someone named Sandra. I don't even know who she is, but I could click on her details, and it would take me to her GitHub account, right? And she and then as anybody else contributes to it, they, their name will show up there automatically. Right? That's just part of the platform. And then to the right of that, you've got a feedback button if you just want to make a comment, and you've got an edit button. And the edit takes you straight to the markdown, which is a... Are you familiar with Markdown? Okay, I am. I like Markdown. I read all my blog posts in Markdown. and Yeah! Yeah, I'm a fan of Markdown. Cool. So all the, that was part of the, trans, the, the changeover. That's part of the work we're doing as we move this stuff over from MSDN and TechNet is moving everything into Markdown. It's part of the work we have to do. We've got a lot of tools for it. But that was our, our old documentation, TechNet and MSDN, is not in Markdown. But what that enables us to do when we change it to Markdown then is it's really easy to take community suggestions, right? Got it. So anybody then from the community can go in, make suggestions, contribute to these, and you'll go in and I'm assuming actually look and make sure they're valid and accurate and accept those changes or okay. Yeah. So like you could see, I mean, sometimes it's as simple as a, you know, a typo. Right? Or a, a broken link is a one that's much, right? But there's other times where, you know, it just might have, uh, there may have been a change that was made and the documentation, you know, missed it. It got caught it in two places and missed it in the third or something like that. And just having all those eyeballs of all the customers and partners and honestly, even just the people internally, because our old platform didn't even allow them to make changes. Very cool. Well, this is fun. I'm going to have to go in and play with it. But yeah, I appreciate it, as with always, like Scott and I always run into, we're running short on time. Of course, yeah. We've hit about our 30 minutes, so as we come out with new stuff, specifically in the SharePoint space, maybe we'll have you on again sometime to hear what you've been working on, but I appreciate it. One final thing, if people want to follow you, get in touch with you, are you on Twitter, do you still write blog posts twice a month. Where can they find you if they want to learn more about you, learn more about UI text design, or just send you a quick message? Sure, yeah, absolutely. I'm always available on Twitter. My um, handle is Reesing, R-E-S-I-N-G, so just twitter.com slash Reesing. I love the community. I've met so many great people that way. And then more and more, I'm, I'm using LinkedIn for writing. So I still, I have TomReesing.com where I, I do publish new blog posts, but 
like I wrote a new article over Christmas break and I haven't put it on, on my blog yet. I've only put it on LinkedIn so far about just about hit refresh and, uh, or no, I wrote one about, um, computer assisted writing, which is another area I'm looking at a lot right now as, as being a writer and, uh, some of the innovations Microsoft's doing. So LinkedIn is a really good place to reach out to me too, as well. I love to get new connections there and, uh, and I'm writing new articles there as well. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, and if you want to shoot over some of those links too, I'll get some of those links to you. We can put them in the show notes so people can just quick click on it to get to Twitter, to find you on LinkedIn, to find some of those blog posts you've written. We'll post a link too to go get Hit Refresh if you guys want to purchase that book. But thanks again, Tom. It's been a pleasure. Glad to have you on the show and have a great New Year's and we'll talk to you again later. Thanks so much, Ben. I really am glad you invited me to, to join the show and uh, looking forward to 2018. Hope you have a great New Year too. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later, Tom. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed the podcast, go leave us a five-star rating in iTunes. It helps to get the word out so more IT pros can learn about Office 365 and Azure. If you have any questions you want us to address on the show or feedback about the show, feel free to reach out via our website, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.